Hey, good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you are here at South Point. And like J.D. said, if it is your first time, we are so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, for everybody watching online, thank you so much for tuning in, worshiping with us. And today is kind of an interesting day for me because months and months and months ago, started working on this sermon series. And we started looking at what we called the greatest sermon. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest section of red-letter Bible that you will find in Scripture. And today are the last words that Jesus is going to say in it. Now, we've still got a couple weeks. We're going to do some recap and some things like that within it. But today, when you get to the end of a message, how you land that plane is really, really important. And Jesus is going to do that today. And the way he's going to do it, I want to, I want to introduce you. Most of you have probably seen this before. But this is the Burj Khalifa. It is the tallest building on planet Earth, which therefore makes it, as far as we know, the tallest building in the solar system. That thing is massive. Like every building that's below it, that's not photoshopped. Like that's bigger than anything in Abilene, and yet this thing just springs up out of the desert in Dubai. Currently, it is 2,722 feet tall. That's over half a mile if you want to do some conversion really quick. And so you could lay this thing down in downtown Abilene and cover the whole thing. In fact, some of you will probably get sick at this picture, but on the 140-something floor, that's an observation tower or spot where you can look out, basically see the curvature of the earth. And some of you, and maybe even at home, I don't know what it looks like on the screen. Some of you are like, oh, I can't even look at that. Like, you don't do heights, and so this is like the last thing you ever want to see. I would be so happy right there. I think that's really cool. I'm a little kid in that. So when they go to build this thing, it's a desert. So today when we talk about shifting sand and things like that, that's what I need you to think. Don't think the beach, think the desert. This is Dubai. And so they start doing some tests because they're going to build this thing. It's going to be the tallest structure in the world. They start looking for bedrock. They find it. And the way that the geologists described it, they said it's weak to very weak. And so how do you build something like this? Like, what do you have to put down in order to put a structure that can stand up to absolutely crazy sandstorms that can blow in, temperatures that are insane? Like, how do you do that? Well, you've got to go really, really deep. And so they start digging. They dug 192 of these pillars um, that were like one and a half meters wide. I mean, put them hundreds of feet into the ground. They took 110,000 tons of concrete and steel to build just the foundation. Like the foundation is bigger than pretty much any building in the city of Abilene, just the foundation. To be able to support hundreds of thousands of pounds above it and all the people and all the, all the businesses that are gonna be inside of this place. Like the foundation on it is absolutely amazing. And they had to go really, really deep and they had to make it really, really strong. And as Jesus gets to the end of this message and he's, he's talked and he's taught, as he gets to the end of it, He's going to have to remind them that, hey, if you want a foundation like that, if you want something strong, you're going to have to be more than just a hearer. You're going to have to be a doer. And so in Matthew chapter 7, we're going to finish up the red letter section today. We're going to start in verse 24. If you've got a Bible, you can follow along. We'll also have it on the screens. Jesus said this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
The rain fell, the floods came, the wind blew, and it beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So as Jesus begins this, he kind of makes this little progression, and you go from step one to two to three, and here's how it begins. He says, everyone. I find that very interesting. As he leads off in this final thing that he's going to say to this crowd, he's looking out on these people. They've been listening for probably 15 minutes now. And he says, everyone. And that includes all of you. Even you, Jim, in the back who's not listening, you're already falling asleep. He's talking to everyone here. Sometimes we think, well, Jesus, he's talking to that person. He's not talking to me. No, he says, every one of you, I'm talking to all. I'm not just talking to religious elites. I'm not just addressing like the Pharisees and Sadducees and saying, hey, you need to do this different. I'm not talking to just the men in the crowd. I'm not talking to just the women in the crowd. I'm not talking to the kids or the elders or anything. He says, everyone who is listening right now is involved in this. No one gets excluded in it. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine. Now, he's had a lot of words so far. don't want to recap the whole thing, but he's... He's spoken and he said, hey, I want, you to, I want you to hear my words. Remember, I just said them a few minutes ago. Do you remember what it was like to be blessed? Did you want to be blessed? The Beatitudes, what we call the supreme blessedness. Like, do you want that in your life? Then you need to hear it. Like, you need to think back to it. Do you want to have a blessing? Do you want to be salt and light? Like, when we go out into the world, are we enhancing the lives of people around us? Because that's what salt does. It makes things more flavorful. He's not saying, are you some salty old, you know, don't say that word. Um, That's not the salt he's talking about. He's saying, hey, are you enhancing the flavor of people's lives? Are you being a light to the world? Like the light that's on a hill that can't be hidden. He says, hey, remember those words? Like, are you living that out? Are you living out when he talks about the law? And he says, hey, remember, when it comes to anger, if it starts in your heart, that's where it begins. Like that's already a sinful thing. Lust, oh, all these different things. He says, hey, do you remember my words? Do you remember my words on loving your enemies? Do you remember my words on giving and not storing up treasures on earth, but storing up treasures in heaven? Do you remember my words on prayer? And we could go on and on and on on this. Jesus has given them a lot to think about. And he says, everyone who has heard those words... So for the people in this crowd, much like you, I mean, they just got it in a lot shorter time. But they're sitting there, and they've heard all of this. And he says, so everyone who hears them, and again, we don't get to pick and choose which ones we hear. Like, we don't get to go, you know what, I, I love prayer, and I, I want to listen to prayer, but I'm just not really feeling the whole loving my enemies today. Uh, he goes, no, we don't pick and choose these. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. So everybody's involved. Here's the words that I'm talking about, but you've got to do something with it. This is more than just hearing. You've got to do. See, obedience leads to wisdom. Obedience is the thing in all of this. They says, hey, this is what makes a wise person. It's not just the doer, it's the hearer. Or I'm sorry, it's not just the, it's the doer, not just the hearer who is wise. Because we can hear a lot of things, Right? Like, if any of you have children, or maybe you've got some young nieces and nephew, you know exactly what this looks like. Because I can sit down with my children and go, hear, hear these words of mine, children. I want you to do this, this, and this. And I can walk off, and I can come back, and this, this, and this are not done. It's crazy. I'm like, no, I just didn't hear you. No, you heard. You did not do. 
That's why I've used the example of I could sit down with a grown adult and say, hey, I want you to listen to me because what I'm going to tell you, if you do it, it's going to be a safety thing for you. Don't touch the stove. And I can give you all the reasons why not to touch it when it's on. Because you can get the science and say, hey, when you turn that, electricity pumps into this metal, it heats it up, it gets really hot. If you were to touch that, it would burn through these layers of skin, you would feel this kind of pain. And I can explain and tell someone, and they can hear all of that, but if then they turn around and they touch the stove, I'm sorry, you're a moron. Like, and this is how it happens a lot of times. We, we hear a lot, but then we've got to do. It's the person who does all that he hears and is obedient. And this, again, is obedience in all of the areas that Jesus has talked about. And so if you're kind of new with us or if you haven't, like we've got a little sign out front and it talks about, hey, who we are as a church, our core values and our, our vision statement. From a vision standpoint, you guys know, we, we say, hey, we want to be known for what we're for. We're for God's glory. We're for um, people, for community, and for the nations. And then from a core value standpoint, we said, hey, we want to be a committed church. And so we're committed to the gospel, committed to God's word, committed to the uncommitted. And the last one that's on there is committed to obedience. Because if we can learn obedience, what we'll find is, man, that's a sign that we are walking with God. But we don't pick and choose those areas. That's why if you look on the sign outside, there's a little picture that goes with each of those. And that one's a Venn diagram. You kind of know where you take the circles and overlap them. And what happens a lot of times when it comes to obedience is people go, hey, I'll be obedient in this area, and I might even overlap it with this area, but man, this one's tough. I don't, I don't like that one as much. And somebody else would go, well, I, I'm good at that one, but it's, it's this one over here. The wise person, the person who is truly obedient in this meaning, they take all of those and they put them together and say, hey, I'm going to walk in obedience to everything that Christ is calling me to do. And so when I look at something like the Sermon on the Mount, I go, hey, I need to live that. When I look at the way he talks about forgiving people, I'm going to be obedient in that area. When he talks about the way that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, I'm going to be obedient in that area. I'm going to walk in obedience because it's what Christ has called me to, and it's what makes a person wise. And then what does that wise person do? They build their house on the rock. They build their life, they build their home on the rock, and the rock is Jesus. Because throughout Scripture, you've got all these different like, images that are given to who Christ is. At times, he's called the Lion of Judah, and I love that. Because I know a lot of times in art and things like that, Jesus is painted as this really pasty white person. Um, and it looks like if the wind blew, he would just fall over. And that's just not who I see Jesus as. Like I like imagining him as a lion. This is a guy who worked with his hands. He had been pretty stout. He ran around everywhere like Jesus is the Lion of Judah, and at the same time, he's a lamb. Because ultimately, he laid down his life as a sacrificial lamb for our sin. And there's this picture of this lion on one side and a lamb on another. There's a picture of him going, hey, I'm the bread of life. Like, I'm the thing that can sustain you. The times where there's a picture, he says, hey, I'm living water. You have me, and you don't get thirsty anymore. Love these pictures of who Jesus is and one is that he is our rock and he is our cornerstone. So when he is that rock, a life with Christ as its foundation will stand. And here's what, here's what this looks like. If you look in Acts chapter 4 and verse 11, there's a number of these. It says, this Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. 
In 1 Peter it says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In Ephesians 2.20, Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And even when Peter's talking there, he's quoting from Isaiah a thousand years before him. There's this picture that Jesus is the rock, and it's the rock that becomes a cornerstone, the, the thing in the foundation that holds it all together. That's who Jesus is for those who walk in obedience. And we go, yes, he's all these other things, but he is my foundation. And then, sometimes it looks a little different is what Jesus says. Sometimes people people hear, but they, they don't do. And what they've tried to do is they've tried to build their foundation on something else. And so sometimes it's, hey, I'm going to build it on myself. There's that sense of pride that, you know what? I am a made person. I can do this. Like, I can do it all. And inevitably, something will happen, and your life will come to a crashing halt, right? We're not invincible. We were talking this morning in our elder meeting about some college experiences and I remember my sophomore year of college, I thought I was Superman. Like, I thought, I am invincible. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can bring me down. And then one day, I just didn't feel good. And then a week later, I didn't feel good. And then like two weeks after that, I still didn't feel good. And I finally went to the doctor, and I found out I had a little thing called mono. And I realized, you are not Superman. <laughs> For six weeks, I would wake up, get sick, go to class, run a fever, crash at two o'clock and I mean that was life I wasted away I know that I can weigh about 60 pounds less than I currently do and I don't suggest it medically <laughs> I mean it was it was rough because I went into that semester thinking I am I have got this and man one little thing showed that that's just not true so if you build foundation on self what you'll find is you are not Superman and some people try and build it on religion and this feeling of, man, I'm, I'm doing good things, but Jesus just said in the last message, there's a lot of people that are going to show up one day and go, we did all this religious stuff in your name, and he's going to go, I never knew you. It's not that I knew you and then didn't know you. He's saying, look, you went into this thinking religion was your foundation, and it's not about religion. Because he says, I never knew you. That shows the power of like, it's not something that people lost their salvation or anything like that. He's going, look, you did this religious foundation and that's not the rock. And some people try and build it on the lives of others and we, we try and think, okay, if I, can, if I can get into this relationship, that's going to be my foundation. Or if I can be a part of this movement, it's going to be a part of my foundation. And he's going, look, all of that stuff is built on sand. And what happens? says the rains come, uh, the rain fell, and the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat on that house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Storm is going to show up at some point in your life, right? What's interesting here is some of the language that's used. It says, hey, the rain fell. Look, sometimes, sometimes it's coming from up there. There's times where you might have a storm because God goes, look, I need you to, I'm pruning you a little bit. It says also, hey, the floods came up. We all know there's plenty of storms that can happen on earth. Man, they're going to pound into your home, into your life. 
And when you build it on any other foundation than Jesus Christ, it comes toppling down. And so, I want to ask this question. Storms reveal what we're built on. What has the current storm revealed about you? That's kind of a real thing for 2020, right? I think we could call this the year of the storm. Like, you just don't, don't say anything else can't happen. It will. Like, we still got months to go, so don't recommend aliens or anything like that showing up. Like, this has been a stormy, stormy year. For the last months and months and months, we have had duress. People are what they call COVID fatigue. We have had division because this is the year that everyone is an expert in whatever it is. And we have social media where you can become that expert. Now, I didn't even pick a side when I said that, but it's a true statement. Everyone is voicing opinions, and man, it has brought some stormy things into people's lives. And how we respond in that reveals a lot of our foundation. And so... I would ask this question. It's one I ask our, our staff every couple weeks. If you were just asked, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you really doing? That can sometimes change it up a little bit. Sometimes you go, man, it's, it's been a rough couple weeks. Got this going on at work. We're scrambling around trying to figure out what we're going to do. You know, we've got a lot of teachers and administration. Like that has just been a consuming thing. Sometimes it's like, man, well, I got military stuff and there's deployments and people are moving around. Are my kids going back to school? Are they not going back to school? Like, if you ask, how are you really doing? You don't have to answer that out loud, but I want you to be thinking about it. Because here's what happens if you're built on the rock, if Christ is your foundation, you will press into Him in these times. And you will let him be the thing that you filter everything through, right? If he's our foundation, if he's what I'm built on, that's my representation. And so I'm going to lean in and press into him for comfort. Like when there's times where it's like, man, I'm about to lose my mind. Just let Christ be my comfort. Let him be my stability. And those times where it's like, I'm just going to pour into God's word for a little bit. And it's like this calm and peace just overtakes me. So I'd encourage you, pour into God's word as he's, Jesus is communicating to you. Get an app. Like, I know we've talked a lot about app stuff, but there's Bible apps. It'll read it to you. Just let God's word be the thing that is your foundation. Let it be comfort. Let it be your stability. Let it be your grace towards others. Let it be your strength. Because when he's my foundation and a storm hits against me, I'm pressing into that. Yeah, times are weird, but God's still good. Christ has never once not been in complete control. And the comfort that that brings me is like a warm blanket. I love it. Now, there's a flip side if you go, man, it's starting to feel like this thing's built on sand. Not saying you're not going to have a, a bad day here and there, especially with everything that's going on. But if it feels like it's just over and over again, it's like, man, every time one of these things comes, it just feels like part of my house just floats down the river or something like that. And it's, it's just about gone. Like, if you feel you're in that spot, maybe the storm has not been a bad thing for you. Because if it's starting to reveal that, hey, man, my foundation has not been on the rock, it's been on self or other things, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. 
But because before the house floats away and it's done, you could start over. <laughs> That's the grace that is involved in Jesus Christ. One, just admit, hey, look, I have been building some of my life on sand, and it's starting to look ridiculous. Like I made a cool little sand castle, and all it took was one wave, and it's just washing away. So just admit, if there's areas of your life where that's not, the rock isn't your foundation, just say, okay, but I don't want that anymore. Build it on a different foundation. <laughs> and so if you're in here today and you're like, man, that, my life has just felt like sand. And it's shifting and moving. Okay, one, admit it, but then turn away from that. Because Jesus is going, hey, if you're listening to my words, if you're, if you're listening to me, the things that I'm saying, they can change you. They can make you into a new creation. That's why he makes the unbelievable statement, God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And so if you're sitting in here today and you go, man, it's all built on sand, Jesus is the answer. I'm not saying it's some hocus-pocus thing. I'm just saying, look, Jesus, when he says that I'm the cornerstone that you can build everything on, he means it. It means a new life. It means a new creation. And there's some areas where you go, man, I know I've got the rock, but I'm, I'm trying to do this on my own. Hey, sometimes it's just good to go, you know what? I'm, I'm turning back from that. And I'm going to put everything on him. And then I'm going to sit back and comfort knowing that my house is still here. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, I'm thankful that you are our firm foundation. And that through Jesus Christ, God, we can, we can know that we are loved, that we are something new. God, if there's someone here today and they just look at their life and they're honest and go, it's built on sand and that's why it looks the way it does. I haven't had a foundation. God, I pray that you would just be all over them right now and they would know whether it's online or in person, God, that through Jesus Christ they can have a new life. And so if that's you today, it's simply saying, hey, as best as I know how, I admit and I will confess and I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I've done things that have been disobedient to God, but I want to turn away from that. I want to follow Christ. And if that's you, I would encourage you, put something on a connect card, talk to one of our pastors. We want to encourage you in that. We want to help you grow in that relationship and just enjoy the comfort and grace that comes from having your life built on the rock. For those of us in here, I feel like it's, it's, it's all of us that say, yeah, I know I have a relationship with Christ, but man, there's just some sandy areas. God, I pray that, pray that we would put those back on you. God, we'd, we'd not run from you, but we run to you. You would be our foundation and our filter for everything in life that it would go through you. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.